and welcome to the VSA Capital Tech and Transitional Energy podcast. It's Thursday, the 16th of February, and uh, I think it's going to be a pretty short podcast, actually. This could be one of our shortest, 10, 15 minutes, because there's, I don't, actually, talking of short, Phil, uh, are you pleased that Nicola Sturgeon has resigned? Ah, uh, what an interesting question. <laughs> I was brought up in Scotland. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a mix on that. I want to see who I want to see who replaces her actually, because there's uh, yeah, interesting time for Scotland to say the least. I mean, she's been there for eight years, so let's see if there are any kind of changes of direction and uh, what what happens. <laughs> I I think Boris Johnson should put on a kilt, get a Scottish accent, and stand for the get independence done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I would not I wouldn't put it past him. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, this has got this has got nothing to do with tech and trans. I do apologise. <laughs> Let, let's move swiftly on. Well, I think um, so. Anyway, look, I'm back from uh, my holiday, a uh, work trip. Sorry, I nearly got that wrong, didn't I? Uh, in South Africa, we did a lot of work down there. Um, no, we didn't. <laughs> it's it, the mining in Darwa. It's just one big piss up, frankly. Let's be honest. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I did do quite a lot of charity work with the Kusasa project, which is is worthwhile. I also met an incredibly interesting chili oil company called Banhock Chili Oil. So that goes into the the, the brand section in a way. Um, based in Stellenbosch, they will, I think, become the Tabasco Chili Oil. Uh, if you're interested, do let me know. I can tell you a hell of a lot more. I'm not going to bore you all on this podcast, though. Uh, they are raising a bit of EIS money at the moment, which is always good because you can lose half your money and you haven't lost anything. Um, so anyway, let's. Uh, anyway, how are you, Phil? <laughs> very well, thank you, Andrew. And uh, yeah, very nice, nice to actually, have you back on the podcast. Yeah, and actually, I can tell you you're busy because you've got a load of stuff you should be getting on with. You can't discuss because we're not allowed to talk about research that's coming up because it's inside information, effectively. But you are very busy, I know, because I'm <laughs> setting all this work, your homework, so to speak. Anyway. Um, why don't we start? I tell you what I thought would be interesting to start with maybe. Actually, there's two things. Um, actually, there's three things I'll, I'll mention on this podcast just to get things going. The first is I had a very amusing conversation uh, down in South Africa. Where I was discussing with somebody how I will be talking to my grandchildren. They will be saying to me, Granddad, what was that clunky crowdfunding platform you used to use called the stock market? Which really was, and I thought that sums, that concept sums everything up. Our stock market is just so out of date really with the technology world people today they just want to trade on their mobile phones and they don't want all of this blooming hassle with the stock market and all the bloody stuff that goes with it they, the world needs to move on anyway that's just one little thought uh, the second little thought i have with that's been buzzing around with me uh, um, there's a lot of talk at the moment about ai and automation um and how possibly that could uh take a lot of jobs away actually it tends not to and whenever you have revolutionary changes like that strangely more jobs get created elsewhere it's just it's a change of jobs um but for what it's worth there is a lot of chat about that uh, i personally believe in it all strongly i own the sanlam ai fund and i own the iShares automation and robotics fund and that's how i personally play that um uh, and i think it's a really good place to have your money longer term uh, and then the third little theme that obviously is whizzing around a lot at the moment. Actually, I might ask you to um, talk it because people get bored of me talking about it. But it's interesting that the um, the Americans, this whole Inflation Reduction Act, I mean, real, real, real money is starting to pour now, isn't it? Uh, 
into the whole sort of um, renewable energy, long duration energy storage, battery, EV market, Phil, isn't it? I mean, we're seeing literally huge news items every day, aren't we? It's, it's, a, it's astonishing. I mean, it's, it's a complete structural um, move by the, by the US as a nation. Um, and it reminds me, I'm old enough to remember when the, 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 the MITI in Japan, the Ministry of Technology, uh, focused investment on microprocessor technology because it believed at the time it was not advanced and it was losing out um, to other nations on it. And that's what this is like. It's so such a fundamental move. And I was re just reading this morning about a company called Redwood Materials who are getting a $2 billion loan from the Department of Energy um, for a closed-loop lithium-ion anode and cathode material production plant in Nevada uh, for recycling materials. I mean, that's a, that's a huge loan um, for a new, you know, for a completely new plant, uh, so that the, you know, so that the states can can recycle materials. I mean, to, seeing these kind of moves happening shows that there's very serious intent. There was also um, Andrew, there was a confirmation of rules last night on the EV charging network in the States. Um, and that's the re new requirement there is that chargers are to be built in the United States uh, and that 55% of their cost will come from US made components by 2024. That is next year, 55% uh, of the content there. So these are, these are quite big, big moves that are happening. Uh, they are big. And I, I think I may have said this before, but I'm going to re repeat it anyway, is that in my view, the transitional energy boom and crash that we've seen in the stock market, because we have in truth, is just like the dot-com boom and crash. Everybody got very excited a few years ago. Share prices went shooting up. It didn't happen in six months. It never does happen in six months. They all came crashing back down again. But just like in the dot-com boom and crash, stocks like Apple and Google and Tesla and Facebook and all, you know, the fangs, should we say, uh, did all go on to be phenomenally successful companies and make people an absolute fortune. And I think we are seeing uh, that same sort of pattern in the transitional energy world. The winners that come out of it will go on over the next 10 to 20 years to make people an absolute fortune. Uh, you've also got to pick the winners. That's absolutely correct. And we hope to uh, keep everyone updated on, on, on how we're seeing things there. I mean, and also something you've discussed, Andrew, is the, you know, the nature of government involvement in, in making this happen and, and you've just seen that so clearly illustrated in the you know in the states now is, is like making things really really happen um but i don't you know in come back to the uk though um you know real money coming into the sector was uh announcement from zenobi who are private uh and they have a, their own fleet of, uh, of 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 battery storage um, and they secured uh, 235 million pounds in the long-term debt facility structured by NatWest, uh, with financing coming from Canadian Imperial Bank, Rabobank, Santander, Siemens Financial Services, and others. Uh, and that's to fund um, grid-scale transmission-connected battery storage assets in the UK for 400 megawatts uh, and 800 megawatt hours. So quite, a, you know, quite a serious project there. And that's and the batteries. And but oh, oddly enough, the batteries are going into Scotland is where they will be located. Scotland's becoming quite a hub for the battery world, isn't it? Um, uh, that's interesting, that. 
might have to do another trip up to Scotland. I keep saying I'd quite like to go up there. Anyway, uh, right, that's pretty enough of an intro. I mean, we haven't there haven't been too many figures in general actually in the last yeah. week uh, across the entire market. But I've hardly seen anything in the in the uh, tech and trans space. Have you, have you got anything, Phil? I I mean, I mean, just quickly on a, 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 this is a client of ours. Uh, we're discussing this is Equipmake. Um, uh, the ticket is equip. It's this on Aquis, uh, 60 million market cap, uh, recently raised six million pounds. So we are advisor to the company. Uh, they produce uh, electric vehicle that is EV motors and, and inverter technology. Uh, also full systems that are retrofitted into uh, into buses. And so they just, you know, on their interims, kind of highlights, they said they're on track to meet market expectations, which is a good thing. They've got a contracted order book of nine million pounds. So that's very positive. Um, and they said that uh, you know commercial production contracts represent 96% of revenues for the for the half. So that's all pretty positive news from Equipmake. Um, but well, whilst you're on that, also it's just it's yeah. nice to see that uh, also the price is is it's just ticking up nicely. Actually, it's now 7p today. Yeah. Um, obviously, we did that placing um, a month ago at um, 5p. Um, so yeah, people getting a nice return there. Yeah, but plenty more upside to go. I mean, we do think this is a this space, um, and it's very much I'd say the space is very hot at the moment. Uh, companies are getting taken over on massive valuations. Um, please don't necessarily connect the two together, um, but it is a very hot space. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is exciting. Um, and going on to the onto the tech sector. Uh, there was there's new this this was bloody interesting I thought is Cisco uh, CSCO um, see you know multinational New York listed uh, but they Cisco supply um, all of the you know sort of plumbing for the internet that sits in the networks uh, and in data centers to enable you know high speed data transmissions um, so it's network infrastructure is, is the sector uh, and they raised their full year earnings forecasts. Uh, with a strong set of second quarter results, um, and I and they've said that they've uh, benefited from an easing of pandemic-driven supply chain constraints. So Cisco is a big buyer of uh, semiconductors and electronics components that go in its routers and switches. Um, so it's seeing an easing of the supply situation. Um, I think they've also said that they uh, are upgrading their expectations on on revenues and earnings. Um, and what was kind of, you know, why is that all sort of eye catching? Well, we've seen nothing but, you know, we've seen some pretty bad news on, um, you know, the equipment providers into the cloud services space as a whole and data centers, you know, for servers and the PC markets all being soft. Um, and, you know, we've we've seen a number of, you know, sort of fangs comments on, on on softness in cloud in cloud services, cloud related revenues. So. So that was quite po- that was quite positive to see, you know, this theme of capital spend, which you and I follow. So I thought that was interesting. Um, and another one we we didn't really talk enough about next last week, uh, and they come out the week before was ARM uh, results from ARM. They'd announced their their Q3 results to the end of December, uh, and they'd seen a 28% increase in revenues. Uh, to 746 million, and what a profitable business this is! Uh, the profit of 450 million dollars. Uh, particularly seen licensing revenues increasing um, by 65%, $300 million. I, th- I thought that was, you know, you know, again, quite in terms of the sector, pretty positive because these are big, big commits from their customers when they're, you know, spending on licenses, the long-term agreements, and they had strategic long-term agreements with four key customers. 
Um, but also their royalties were up by 16%. So on every time a chip ships with ARM tech, there's a royalty. And uh, they were saying, you know, stronger demand from data centers, IoT and automobiles, next generation consumers. So there you go. And on the stock market theme um, and on the IPO, Andrew, which has been, you know, the ARM potential IPO, which has been discussed a lot. Um, there have been quite a few articles on the fact that um, they are the FCA in particular is looking at reporting uh, rules. Uh, the Times cited an article that Arm was concerned with some of the regulatory requirements of London Stock Exchange, specifically the rule that forced the company to report on any dealings with Arm's parent company, uh, SoftBank. So that's uh, that's being reviewed, and obviously a lot of you know the UK is desperately keen to get that IPO. Uh, it would be great to do it, and of course, you know, I actually did the initial IPO in London when I was working at Orgivet. And so, you know, if they want to come and talk to me, I'm happy to do it a second time. Would it even, do you know what? I'll even do it on the Aquis market for them, which would be fantastic. Somehow I don't think it's going to happen, but it would be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah, it certainly <laughs> would. And I used to write research on them, so I'd be delighted to, to do that again. There we go, Andrew. <laughs> um, I think, I guess, a, a bit of a final one on tech for me. Uh, and again, this is related to the UK stock markets, Cape Technologies. Uh, the ticker is Cape. Um, cybersecurity company, uh, you know, article in the, you know, being being RSS this week about this, and from the Financial Times, is that uh, you know, Cape is uh, considering leaving the UK stock exchange. It's received a 1.25 uh, billion pound takeover offer from its uh, majority owner, um, the Israeli billionaire Teddy Sagi. Uh, and they quote him as saying he was a founder of uh, Playtech. Um, but he blamed thin stock market trading in Cape shares, um, uh, and it's listed on, you know, Cape is listed on AIM. The offer is for the 285p, gives that valuation 1.25 billion, uh, and, uh, and Cape rejected a two, 265p offer prior to um, Christmas. So uh, the company's put out a statement on this, and it said, uh, after consultation with shareholders, independent directors will write to Cape shareholders with their views on the offer in due course. In the meantime, shareholders are urged to take no action. So, yes, some of the you know, big tech company, and uh, yeah, hopefully it doesn't leave the stock market, but we'll see. I think the shareholders are squeezing the pips, get the max, and then they'll say, bye-bye. Anyway, there you go. Uh, right, that's about it, isn't it, Phil? I think it is, Andrew. Yes. You know what? Some listeners may be very relieved. We've done that in 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> but we will, we're not we're not going to talk rubbish just for the sake of it. Uh, we'll be back again, obviously, uh, next week. Uh, anybody's got anything they want us to discuss, please do let us know. Any comments, let us know, all that sort of stuff. Um, and uh, enjoy the weekend. Thanks. Thanks, Phil. Yeah, that's super. Look forward to chat next week. <laughs>